Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. Let's lift our voices to Jesus all across this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So good to be in the house of the Lord tonight in a spirit of fellowship. It's so good to be together with the people of God across this place and thankful for what I feel here. So good to be with friends and family and uh, to see the different pastors coming together this evening. Uh, such an amazing, amazing thing and to feel the spirit of unity that is in this district. Uh, you don't see that in every district, but I'm, I am thankful for what God is doing in the Ohio district and through the pastors and the unity of the churches that are here in Ohio. So honored to be here. Thank you again, Pastor Strange, for the invitation to be here tonight for this service. So glad my family's here, my wife, my children, and uh, friends, pastors. I honor each of you tonight. I want to go to the word of the Lord, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 and 19. <clears throat> I want to say thank you to this church for your kindness, uh, to our family, uh, to our children, the wonderful gift basket, and everything so wonderful. Thank you for treating us so kindly. We are honored to be here. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 familiar portion of scripture and it's and I say unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven verse 18 again he looks at Peter Jesus says Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to talk to us for a few moments tonight about the mission of the church. And um, just talk to us for a few moments, and then we're going to let the Holy Ghost do a work among us. If you're here tonight and you need deliverance in your life, if you need freedom, if you need healing in your body, come to the right place. The Spirit of God is here, and He can break every chain. He can loose you from every sickness and disease. He can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, whatever it is that you need here tonight. Before we finish, we're going to allow the Holy Ghost to sweep in. If this is your first time and you're not really sure how we do church, I'm going to preach here for a few moments, and then we're going to gather together around the altar. We're going to pray and believe that God is going to do the miraculous among us and through us. We are just asking you to join in with us as the Lord does a work among every one of us. If you could, one more time, let's lift our hands toward heaven. Let's ask that the Lord would speak to us. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be in your presence. Lord, we open our hearts, our minds to receive you. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for what we already feel in this place. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for your spirit that is moving across this section, this area of churches. I take dominion and authority of every doubt, every fear, everything that would be contrary to your word. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I lose faith in this place tonight. Lord, I ask that you would speak through, speak, speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you may be seated in the name of Jesus. Have you ever looked around you in church, in Service, whether it be Sunday morning or Wednesday night, and ask yourself, what am I doing here? I was here last week, and it seems like I did the same thing. We sang a couple of different songs. We had maybe the same preacher. Maybe it was a different preacher. We came around the front. We danced a little bit. We shouted a little bit. We 
we said hello to our friends. We turned around and we left and we said, I'll see you next week at church. I grew up in this. I grew up going to church. I grew up uh, in the apostolic Pentecostal movement, and so I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a novice to what it is that we do, but I at times as well at, throughout my life have looked around and said, what is it really that I'm doing here? What is it that we are trying to accomplish going to church? Am I going to church just because it is part of my tradition? It is... Am I going to church just because it's what I do? Is I, am I going to church just because that's what, that's what a, a good moral person does? Am I, are we accomplishing anything going to church? Now, I, I believe that we are supposed to. I believe that we are supposed to accomplish church, uh, things when we go to church. But re, in the reality, the, it is only in the traditions of man can a person go to church. Because when we speak of the church and when we look at the Word of God and talk about the church, we're, we're speaking of the New Testament church as a body of believers who have been called out from the world by God to live as His people under His authority and under the authority, uh, under the authority of Jesus Christ. So if we have been called out, there must be a purpose that we've been called out for. If, if we are the called out ones, then there must be a reason that I've been called out. Have I been called out to make it to church on every Sunday morning? Did he save me just so that I could, could make it and pay my tithes and, and, and pay my offerings and sing a few songs? Have I been called? Is, is all of this was my experience of Pentecost just so that I could make it to church on Sunday and go back home on Sunday night? And, uh, but have I been called? Is there a reason that I am here? We look at the Word of God and we understand that Jesus, when he understood his purpose, he understood why he was on the earth, what, what he was doing. It says in John 18 and 37, he, he looks at Pilate, Pilate's talking to him, he says, to this end was I born and for this cause came I into the world. Jesus, he understood what he was doing there in front of Pilate. He understood what was, what was going on in his life. And so if the man Christ Jesus had a purpose, then if I am a called out one, then I must have a purpose as well. And it, 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 it surely, it, it has to be more than just making it to church on Sunday. I believe that the Lord has a destiny for his church. For my city, for my nation, I, I believe that he has got a destiny for the church in general. But I, he is not going to do it by himself, but he is going to use people that are willing to do his work. So I've got to find out what his will and purpose is. I must understand what his purpose is if I am going to follow after him. If the man Christ Jesus had a purpose, then surely I've, I've got a purpose. Surely it's more than just coming to church. It's got to be more than just singing and dancing and Going back home and, and, and not real change. What, what, what was, when we look at the word of God, we see what his purpose was. The, the Bible says in Luke 19 and 10, it says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's, that's a purpose statement. He, he, there's a purpose there. He, that, he, the reason that he came was to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he could stand there in front of Pilate and say, this, for this reason, this end have I come. This is, this is why I'm here. And the Bible also tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And it also the Bible tells us that when we receive the Holy Ghost... We receive the Spirit of Christ. The Bible says in Romans 8 9, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So when I receive the Holy Ghost, I have received, according to Scripture, I've received the Spirit of Christ. Now he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible also says that Colossians 1 and 27 is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if his purpose was 
to seek and to save that which was lost. And he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I received the Spirit of Christ. So if that must mean that my number one focus, my the reason that I am here as well is to seek and to save that which was lost. And if that is not my number one focus in life, then I have no enduring evidence that Christ is within me. So if the purpose of my purpose or the purpose of the church is the same as Jesus Christ because I have Christ in me. Now when we look at the church and we study about the church, we, we read the scripture, the first mention of the church. We understand the law of first mention. When we, when that, that, that first time that something is mentioned in scripture, it's so important. And we find the church mentioned in our text in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. He says, thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now with with men, a man's last words are considered of great importance. We talk about people's last words. Oh, the last words that they said to me. Oh, those last words. It's those last words that someone spoke to me before they passed. But with God, his first words on any subject or situation are important. He calls those things that are not as though they were. And he tells the end of things before the beginning. And this text that we read, his first words about the church. The church, the, ch the word church is not found in the Old Testament. The word church is only used twice in the Gospels. And each time it is speaking in the future tense verb. And it's speaking about something that is coming. And theologians, they call the church in heaven the church triumphant. But the church on earth is called the church militant. So we must understand who we are as the church. This building is not the church. We, we don't go to different churches throughout this area. We have gathered together because we are the church. We've come together this evening. We may attend different congregations and there may be different buildings around this city, but we are the church. And so we have to understand who we are, that when we get to heaven, we are the church triumphant. But on earth, we are referred to as the church militant. So we have to break out of the constraints of passivity in a defense-oriented attitude that is satisfied with simple spiritual survival, that attitude well if I can just make it to church on Sunday well then I'll, I make it till Wednesday and then if I can just make it to church on next Sunday it's that attitude that defense attitude where I'm just trying to survive but the the church that I read about in scripture is described scripturally as being on the offensive the church that I read about in the Word of God is it's not a defense-oriented uh, entity that is just trying to survive. The Word of God does not say that hell shall not prevail against the church, but it says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the attack of the enemy because hell is on the defensive. Gates are used... For defense. As the church, the Bible says we have been given keys. Keys are used to open that which is closed and that which is locked. And, all, and as always, the best defense is a good offense. The church is on the offensive here tonight. As the church, we, are, we, we must make sure that our mindset, every time that we come to the house of God, our mindset is not survival mode. Our mindset is progressing forward. Our mindset is taking territory. Our mindset must be on the offensive. Especially if we are leaders in the church. 
We have come at times and we, we, we have the, a defensive attitude, a defensive mentality where I'm just struggling throughout the week. I'm going to make it to church so that the pastor can pick me up and the pastor can preach to me so that I can make it another week. That's a defense-oriented attitude. But that's why the church must stay prayed up before you get to church because when I come around the other people of God, I'm coming with on the offensive. I'm coming to attack the gates of hell. I'm coming on the offensive. When we went to Spain 19 years ago, we went with that mentality, that mindset that, that even though the church was small at the time, we, we went with the mindset that we are there to change the atmosphere of that city. We are here to change the atmosphere of the city. And it was and just a few years ago, there was only around 55 believers. There was one church in the entire nation and in and, and, and a place where in Western Europe and Eastern Europe that has been bound for centuries by the powers of darkness. That, but it has been the church's job. The church has been commissioned to break those strongholds you realize why we're here even this evening together is because someone came into the city and said I'm going to change the spiritual atmosphere of this city as I've driven around this area uh, yesterday and today I've been trying to feel after the the the, the spiritual uh, what I uh, trying to feel, trying to get a gauge on what I felt in the spirit, and even looking at the different city or the different churches uh, along this road and the different cathedrals that are all around us, and, and trying to understand what is the spiritual atmosphere of this city. The reason that we're sitting here this this evening enjoying the presence of God is because somebody came into a city and said, "I am going to change the spiritual atmosphere of this area." We must understand that we are in a supernatural war. God is spirit, therefore supernatural. And believers are filled with his spirit, which makes the church a supernatural organism. And our adversary was once an angel of God, and his, his substance is spirit. So any conflict between the church and him must be fought in the supernatural realm or we are defeated before we even begin. The Bible says that men were made lower than the angels. So I have no hope of defeating him using my flesh. But if I will cooperate with the Lord and allow him by his power and his authority to fight through me. Then God obtains for himself great glory, defeating the adversary using vessels and instruments that were made lower than the enemy as vehicles of victory. In my flesh I can do nothing, but in the spirit I can change everything. That's why when we come into the house of God, we've got to come in with a spiritual mentality. What we are doing here tonight or tomorrow or the next day, what we are doing every time we gather together in this building, we are coming to change the spiritual atmosphere of this city. We are here to push back the darkness. That's why we can't, when we come in, and we just can't get by with just a little bit of worship. We can't get by, well, I'm just going to sit back and relax today. I worshiped last week. No, I'm here to change the spiritual atmosphere of this city, of this county, and my worship will change the atmosphere. So we get a little annoyed at the song leader at times. He's trying to hype us up. I just want to relax here. I just want to, I'm going to sit back and listen to the good music. We've got good musicians. They practiced all week. We've got good singers. And, and how they want me to do spiritual calisthenics and they want me to jump around and they want me to dance. And yeah, I see all the young people up there. I don't know if it takes all that. And, and you know, I worshiped last week and that, that was enough. And, but we need to understand what we are doing when we enter into that spiritual realm. We are worshiping God, but we are also creating an atmosphere that chains can be broken. We are creating an atmosphere that people can be set free. We are, we are pushing back the dark that is around us. 
He did not fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost to come in here and sit passive and just relax and just go through the motions. If if I, I'll just sit at home. If we're going to do that, I'll, I'll just sit at home and, and watch it on the Internet. Some of you have. That's why there's something that when the body of Christ gets together. There's something, there's one thing, and I'm all for, for technology, and if you got to watch it, if you're watching here tonight, God bless you. We're glad that you're watching. And, and we understand, but there's something about the people of God. When the people of God get together, there's a strength that comes with us. When churches get together, there's a strength that, that when we begin to worship together, there's a, something in the spiritual realm that begins to tremble. There's something in the atmosphere that begins to change. I haven't come here just to sit back and listen to a good sermon. I have come here to shake the gates of hell. I have come here to change the atmosphere, atmosphere in my city, in my county. We were there in Spain and the Lord showed me what it was or how it was that we were fighting and what we were going through. We would talk to people. People wouldn't talk to us. We'd pass out tracks and people would take the tracks, wad them up in our faces and throw it on the ground. And then we'd have to pick up the wadded up pieces of paper so that the church wouldn't get a fine for littering. And, and we went through so many things. But the Lord showed me in, uh, through the word of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the word of God says that the God of this world hath blinded their minds that they cannot see. They cannot see it to believe. They, they're, they're, they, they cannot see it. There's a, a miracle that has to happen in their spiritual eyes and for, for them to see. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Jesus, he, he tells Paul, he is commissioning Paul. He's telling Paul what he's going to do. He says, you're going to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. There in Acts 26 where Jesus is, or the Lord is speaking to Paul, he, he is talking about a spiritual eyes. He's not talking about their physical eyes. He says you're to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. So the first and foremost part of Paul's commission was to remove the blindness from the eyes of the lost. This was a mandate from God requiring Paul's participation in spiritual warfare for the sake of the blind lost. That's why some people don't want to hear anything about God. They are spiritually blinded and cannot see. They're not capable of seeing the gospel right in front of their eyes. You can talk to them. You can open your Bible and you say, this is what you need to be saved. And they say, I, I, I don't see it. You, you can look at it. You say, no, it's, no, it's right there. Can't you see what you need to do to be saved? Can't you see that you need to repent of your sins? You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus? And you can, you can spell it out there in black and white. You can talk to your family. There's family members. There's people, that, co-workers, people that you've tried to talk to, and it makes no sense. You're saying, man, I can see it clear as day. What, what is it? They, they are spiritually blinded and incapable of seeing. Until the church understands who they are, and they begin to take dominion and authority over the darkness that is blinding them spiritually. They will continue to, to walk in that spiritual blindness. So it takes a church, a, a, a body of believers that are willing to intercede and to pray for their city. To break the strongholds that Satan has over their minds so that they can make a decision with whether they want to serve God or not. There's some people that will make a decision not to serve God. But there are so many people that have not even come to that place to be able to make a decision because they cannot even see that there is a decision. The lost are specifically described as being blinded by Satan and being captives. And so for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of Jesus to grow, that influence of the adversary upon the souls of men has to be defeated supernaturally by spiritual warriors. And if we are the church, 
that has been commissioned to do that. If we are believers, the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Why, why is it so important that these signs must follow? Because when people are being delivered, when people are being set free, when people are, are, are being healed, when people are being healed, that influence of Satan is being pushed back because we are using the authority that God has given us to spread the kingdom of God. As we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and we begin to have a move of his spirit and his people are filled with the Holy Ghost and his people are set free and they are delivered. That spiritual darkness begins to be pushed back. That's why your participation in every service is so important. That's why you're participating. That, that's why you can say, oh, I, I, I don't do anything on the platform. No, no but you, you are part of what this church is trying to do. We're trying to push back the darkness. You're, you're, so your participation is important as you lift your voice and begin to worship. And it, it combines with everyone else's. As you begin to dance, your participation is beginning to shake the atmosphere of hell. Why? Because... On the other side of those gates, on the other side of those gates, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Gates are used for defense because on the other side of those gates are lost people. On the other side of those gates, there are people that are bound, that are imprisoned, that cannot save themselves. But the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church because the church is on the offensive. The church is attacking the gates of hell. The church is saying, no, you can't have my family member. No, you can't have that person. I'm going to attack the gates. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We're on the offensive tonight. We're not on the defense. We're on the offensive. Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Why, why is it important? I believe it is so imperative. It is important that we create an atmosphere of the miraculous in, in, in our churches, that it becomes just a norm, just a normal thing. Why is that important? Because it's one of those signs of the believers. It's one of those things that begins to pull back the darkness from people's eyes. And they begin to see that God is real and God can do anything. I was in church in, in Denmark a few years ago. We had a conference there and, and, and they, had, uh, they had invited, uh, there's a choir, they, 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 they had uh, announced it as a gospel choir. And, and so people in that area, that northern Europe, they don't really know about, the only thing church-wise they know about is Lutheran church. And so that's kind of their way they gauge it. So they announced that we're going to have a gospel choir. Gospel choir is going to come, the gospel. And so people came, not because they, they knew anything about God or about church, but they wanted to hear gospel music. So they came. And, and, and I real, as I looked around the room, they had rented a hall. And I looked back and I saw all of these visitors and all these new people that were there. I, and I thought to myself, my goodness, I've prepared a, a beautiful uh, message here, a, be a beautiful something here, uh, but th they are not going to understand a thing that I'm going to try to preach to them. And I begin to fast and pray immediately there on the front row. And I said, now, I said, now, Lord, uh, uh, the, these people here that are that they're here and the, the Holy Ghost is moving. There's obviously a, they can feel the presence of God. And if I try to get up here and try to go through uh, just some beautiful sermon, there it's just going to go right over their heads. They're gonna they're gonna leave and say, "Wow, that was really pretty." And they're gonna leave and go home. And I begin to pray, saying, "Now, Lord, you, you've got to help me so that they can see that that this is for them." And so uh, I got up. I got up with my Bible. Didn't know what I just. Uh, I, didn't know what I was going to say. The translator, the pastor's wife was there translating for me into Danish. And, and uh, I just got up and I said, hello. I said, my name is Nathan. And, and I, I'm going to talk to you a few moments about Jesus. And I just began to talk about Jesus. I began to talk, talk about what we believed about Jesus. I said, we believe that Jesus really walked the earth. We believe that Jesus was, was God manifest in the flesh. I said, we believe that, that, that this Jesus, that he really did miracles, that while he was on earth, he began, he healed the sick and he raised the dead and, and he did all kinds of many miracles. And, we, and I just began to talk about the miracles that, that, that Jesus had done. And, and in my mind, I'm preaching at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to close this? 
how, how am I going to get these people in the altar? How, how, how are we going to begin to pray for them? And I'm, so finally I have them all stand. And again, I'm, 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 I'm fasting and praying in the midst of that message. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, how, how are we going to close this out? And, 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 and uh, I, 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 at the end I said, you know, and I'm just talking to them just as I'm talking with you. Here in, in, in America, we have an American style of preaching sometimes. Uh, and so we, we understand when people get excited. I was trying to keep it really low-key. And, and uh, I said, you know, if you are here and you are sick in your body, we believe that this same Jesus, he still heals you and that we can, we can pray and this Jesus will heal you this morning. And I, and I had them ask, I said, ask your neighbor if, if they would need a, if they would, uh, need a miracle in their life and they begin to talk to each other in, in, in their language in Danish and, and uh, uh, I, I told them, I said, you know, you've pro- if you've already tried something else, you've already tried uh, doctors and they don't have an answer, I said, why not try one more thing? I said, what do we have to lose here? I said, we've just heard a beautiful concert. And, and what do we have to lose to, to, to come up here and uh, just uh, we can pray together and see what happens? And so they begin to talk among one another. And they begin to file out one by one, begin to come around the front. So now I'm thinking, okay, uh, all right, Lord, now what next? What do we do here? These people, because, you know, here in Pentecost, we know what, what, we, what we're supposed to do. We know when the, when the preacher's about to close, because we're like, huh? We look over at the piano player, and we say, hey, he's, he's getting to the end. You don't even have a copy of his notes, but you know he's getting to the end. Call the, the drummers in the bathroom. Get him. If we say, somebody shout hallelujah, we, we all know to shout hallelujah. If we say to lift our hands, we know to lift our hands. And here I'm talking to people that don't know David and Goliath. I can't say, you know David and Goliath. No, they didn't know David and Goliath. They had no reference point. And so I... I said, what we're going to do is we're going to pray for those who would need miracles. And, and said, if, I said, if this is all fake, then we'll just go home. And we've had a good concert. I said, but if this is real. I said, if this is real, then, then we will know that there's a God. So they begin, they begin to feel, feel there. There was about 40 people that, that filled the altar there. And, and uh, I, I asked the lady who came up from I said, ma'am, what is it? That you would need from Jesus. Now, I didn't have, you know, I was a little nervous. Didn't have anyone on the keys to create that nice, that great, great background. We understand how that works in Pentecost. We're like, hey, give me some keys here. We can give people hope that he's closing down. And I asked the lady in the front, I said, ma'am, what is it that you would need from Jesus? And she said, oh, she began to talk to me. Uh, through the interpreter, the pastor's wife that was standing beside her, she said, oh, I was, she was, in a, I was in a car accident two years ago. And she said, it messed me up. She said, for over a year, I wasn't able to walk. And, and uh, she said, it, it, I live in constant pain every day. And she turned around. She, she, she had this large bulge that was like bone bulging out of the back of her neck. And she said, see this bulge? She said, the, the doctors can't do anything. They're scared to operate because it's connected to so many nerves. And they're, they're scared that it's going to do something. She said, but I'm in, I'm in constant pain. And, I, and before I could even think, before I could catch myself, I, I said out loud in the microphone, I said, well, we're going to pray for this lady. And this bone is going to go back into place. And we will know that God, that Jesus is God. And I heard myself. And I said, oh, Lord. I said, God, now you're going to have to come through on this because I've just opened my mouth and said that you could do this. So I told the people, I said, we're going to pray. Everyone, they're standing around. They're just kind of watching. I go into deeper prayer and fasting and intercession on the inside. And I just simply put my hands on the back and I said, ma'am, I just want you just to just say thank you, Jesus, for healing me. She had no reference point on, just shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. She didn't know anything. Just say, thank you, Jesus, for being my healer. She began to say, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for being my healer. I put my hands, I said, in the name of Jesus, 
Lord, I command this bone to go back into place that these people may know that you are God. That their eyes may be opened of the true God that is in this nation. Lord, that that spiritual blindness, Lord, let I lose healing over this lady right now in the name of Jesus. Prayed a very simple prayer and there was the, the platform, the stage that we had was about this height. And she, she just kind of put her hand on the back of her neck and she just kind of fell across the front. And I thought, oh Lord, something's happened to the dear lady. And I, after about, she was weeping, she was weeping there all across, across the platform, across that stage that they had set up. And I, and I finally I tapped her on, everyone's just standing. No musicians to help me out, you know. And I, I tapped her on the shoulder. I said, ma'am, what, what has happened? She puts her hand back and tears running down her face. She said, she looked at me and she said, could I tell all of them what has just happened? I said, sure. And she, she turned around and in her own language she began to explain what had happened and she began to and she turned around and where that where that large knot was where that bone had been protruding had completely gone in she with tears down her face she began to explain in the Danish language what what God had just done in her life and I watched, I stood, I stood by her as she, as she talked to everyone in her own language. And, and those people, some of them atheists, as, with their arms crossed as they begin to listen to her story. I watched as tears begin to run down their face. I, I saw in the spirit, spiritual blindness begin to, be, to go. I saw in the spirit as, as those eyes begin to be opened. And they begin to see that Jesus is God before we finish that service eight of them had been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost God had done many miracles why because spiritual eyes begin to be open you can all stand together let's all stand that's why we must have these signs must follow them that believe not about having a miracle service. It's about the spiritual blindness of eyes being open, where they see that there is a God. Yes, we need the yes, we need miracles at times as as people. But there are that there as saved people. But there are people that that are spiritually blinded that cannot see. And until we, as the church, understand what we have been called to do. What our mission, what the mission of the church is, our the mission of the church is not to con congregate on Sunday. The mission of the church is not to have a beautiful choir, beautiful singers. That's, that's wonderful. And I'm all about going for excellence. Let's, let's try to be our best. But the mission of the church is so that people that are spiritually blinded can see again. So that they can come to an altar of repentance and say, wow, I need what those people have. And many of them, they will not see, they will not. They will not even be able to make a decision until we as the church understand. When I come to church on Sunday, when I come to church on Wednesday, I'm there to create an atmosphere so that people can be delivered. I may not have the strength to, to dance as the young people dance. But I can, I can lift a hand and I can begin to shout. I may not have the strength to run around as some people have, but, I, but in prayer I can begin to change the spiritual atmosphere of the church so, so that someone can come to an understanding of who Jesus is. We went in, when we went there to Spain a few years ago, 19 years ago, no one wanted to have anything to do with what was going on. I even had a, a man, he told me, Spaniard man, he said, you know, he said, you, you shout too much when you preach. He said, uh, you, you, you're worshiping a little too much for us here uh, in Spain. You know, this, this is Europe, this is not America. And in the beginning, I thought, man, maybe the guy's got a point. Then I went down to where the soccer stadium is. And those people had a big drum. Like a big bass drum. And for 90 minutes and after, 
that drum did not stop. Boom, 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 boom. They even had a choir section. I thought, my good, I'm in, I'm at church. Hundred thousand fans here in the stadium. And they had a choir section that did not stop singing for 90 minutes. They did not sit down. They stood up for 90 minutes. Well, and plus, because added time, if you understand football. Half of the, the, the little break in between. I don't think we call it halftime, we call it something else, but uh, the choir never stopped singing. They were singing in Catalan. I don't, I don't know what they were singing, but they were, they were going to town. After we won, those are Lionel Messi scored a goal. Those are, know what soccer is. That place goes crazy. The choir singing the whole time. I'm leaving, and the choir is still there. They're dancing. They're shouting. The drum's still going. Boom, 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 boom. I went back to church on Sunday. I was like, you know, people, don't be telling me that, that this. Don't be telling me that we need to tone it down at the church. I just sat around with 100 people, 100,000 people. They had a choir. They had the drums going. They didn't sit down the entire because they wanted to create an atmosphere so that they could have a winning team. They wanted to create an atmosphere so, so that, that something could happen. That's why when we come to the house of God, I'm here to create an atmosphere so that the move of God can happen. So if we got some drums going, if we got a little dancing going, it's all because we're trying to create an atmosphere so that someone can come to repentance, so that someone can be set free, so that someone get, can be delivered. I'm here to create an atmosphere so that someone can come to a realization and knowledge of who Jesus is. I'm not here to be a spectator. You know, in that, and I don't tell that story everywhere I go but you know I, I, it was a, someone from the church that got me, that got me a ticket I, you know I, I, I paid money for that ticket for a seat that I didn't sit down in the whole time because if I would have sat down I wouldn't have been able to see because everybody else is standing up I paid money for a good seat and it gets so rowdy they don't even allow in Europe and Spain, they don't allow fans of the opposite team uh, in at home. You can't, you, you can't wear, if you're a fan of the other team, you can't, you definitely cannot wear a jersey of the opposite team because there will be a riot. There will be, they get serious about these things. But I paid money for a seat and they're getting the crowd. We're going to create an atmosphere because we have a winning club. We're going to create an atmosphere. So we as the church, let's not let the world outdo us. Because our mission, our mission is to create an atmosphere so that spiritually blinded eyes can be opened. That's why even when I'm tired, I, I come around this front and I'll pray, I'll lift my hands. Even when I don't have, when my, when my strength is low, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get close to somebody. I'm going to pray with somebody because I'm here to create an atmosphere so that, so that their spiritual blindness can be going. I'm here to create an atmosphere so that, that Jesus can do a miracle. There are people that are on the other side of the gates of hell. That the gates, But the gates of hell shall not prevail. But we've got to understand what we're doing. When we come into the house of God, we're, we're beginning to shake those gates. We're shaking those gates. We've shaken those gates because on the other side are my family members. On the other side are my kids. On the other side are my coworkers. And I've got to make sure that on the other side that they're spiritually blind. And there's people that are waiting for me to create an atmosphere so that they can be set free. I don't know what need you may have in the building tonight. You may need freedom in your mind you may need healing you may from sickness you may be battling depression fear and anxiety a spirit of heaviness whatever we could be coming against you right now but 
there is an atmosphere even tonight of freedom and you can be set free and we as the church here in a moment we're going to create an atmosphere so that everybody can be set free and it is an atmosphere that will go out from these walls that will impact the, the neighborhood that will impact the people people that walk by and say I, I, I don't even know why, why I came to church what happened is the, the, the church begins to grow spiritually and its spiritual influence goes outside the walls into the spiritual atmosphere. And that's why you get people that come by every once in a while. They say, I was just driving by. I don't know why I pulled in here. They, they, they may have driven by a hundred times. All of a sudden, their spiritual eyes are open. They're like, oh, I'm going to go into that church. And Lord, help us if they come in and we're not fully engaged fighting for their souls fighting to change the atmosphere creating an atmosphere so that they can be set free if you have a need tonight if you have a need in your body you need healing in your body you need set free in your mind whatever the case may be you need a touch from God I want you to begin to come around the front and here tonight and here in a few moments we're going to pray together and we're going to create an atmosphere so that those chains can be, can be broken if you've brought a friend a visitor and maybe they need prayer I want you to come bring them with you and here we're going to pray together as the family of God maybe maybe you have love, lost loved ones that, that are on the other side of those gates and, and but we're going to pray tonight and believe that, that those gates are going to come down and they're going to be set free in the name of Jesus. If if you're here tonight and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, here, here in a moment we're going to pray and the Holy Ghost is going to fall upon you. You're going to begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Your life is going to change. If everyone could take two steps forward. Two steps forward. There you go. There you go. Create a little bit more room. That's why even in the altar service, those of you who are leaders, those of you who have been in church for a while, you realize this is a battleground. We're here fighting for the souls of lost people. That's why that, that, that altar call, when that altar call is made in your church, that's not your cue to run out to the restroom. That's your cue to say, oh, it's time to fight because there's people that need freedom. There's people that need deliverance. There's people that need to be set free. I, I'm here as the church to create an atmosphere for people to set, be set free. So here tonight, anything can happen. If you need healing in your body, healing can happen. If you need freedom in your mind, that freedom can happen. If you need deliverance in your spirit, it can happen like that. Because we serve a God that's so big. If you need healing in your body right now, just lift your hand. If you need healing in your body, okay? There's several here that need healing in their body, okay? I think you put your hands down. If you need, if you need a touch in your mind, you've been dealing with some things in your mind, and you need the Lord to forgive you freedom in your mind, just lift your hands, okay? Okay, so, okay. All right, you put your hands down. If you're here the, tonight and you've never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, but, but you would like to receive it tonight. If, you, if there's anyone here there, you'd lift your hands. One couple here. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, you can put your hands down. Now here in just a moment, we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God is going to heal. He's going to set our minds free. He's going to fill us with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many of the church are going to help us create an atmosphere for that to happen? You see, you see, my job as, as the preacher is just to deliver the Word of God of what God wants to do, but then it takes the church to help birth what God wants to do. And, the, and that's why we come together, we pray for one another. And here in a moment, we're going to pray for you, those of you who need healing in your body. We're going to pray that God heal you. If you need the Holy Ghost, we're going to pray that God would fill you. If you need freedom in your mind, we're going to get, we're going to begin to pray with one another because these signs shall follow them that believe. And these believers that have gathered together, we just believe that God can use all of us to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That God can use all of us to lay hands on people and they will begin to speak in other tongues.
So I'm going to need the church to help me pray here in just a moment as we pray for our friends and our loved ones and the people that are here. And we're going to shake the gates. We're going to shake the gates with prayer because we're the church and the mission of the church is to attack those gates. We're going to prepare ourselves to receive healing and miracles in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to do that by first we're going to pray a prayer of repentance. We're going to pray a prayer of repentance so that there's nothing in our lives that would hinder us from receiving what God would have for us. So if you have never received the Holy Ghost, you're going to repent in just a moment and so that His Spirit can fill you. If you need healing in your body, you're going to repent so the devil can't use anything of the past to, 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 to sow doubt in your mind. If you need freedom in your mind, we're going to repent just to make sure that everything's cleared out so that, that God has has easy access to begin to bring deliverance and freedom and then after that we're going to lift our hands and surrender after we've repented we're going to lift our hands and surrender and if you need healing in your body you're just going to begin to thank him for your healing because faith is worship and as you begin to worship just begin to say Lord thank you for healing my body if you, if you need freedom in your mind if you've been dealing with fear and anxiety just don't beg God to, to take that away I want you to say Lord thank you Lord for taking fear away from me thank you Lord for taking anxiety away from me that's faith. As you begin to worship, the Holy Ghost can come in. If you are here and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, as you begin to worship, don't, don't beg God. Don't say, Lord, please fill me with the Holy Ghost. Just begin, as you lift your hands, begin to say, Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for filling me. Lord, I worship you. And as you begin to worship, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And as you begin to worship, you're going to fill your tongue, start to dance around. Don't worry about that. Don't be embarrassed of that. Just speak that out. That's just the Holy Ghost flowing through you. That's just the Holy Ghost empowering you to be used by him so I want us all across this place from the front to the back we're gonna let's close our eyes and let's open our mouth to pray a prayer of repentance together Lord Jesus I ask you Lord that you'd forgive me Lord I've done things that I shouldn't have done Lord I've said things that I shouldn't have said Lord I've thought things that I shouldn't have thought I ask you God that you'd forgive me tonight Lord I want to start over Lord I pray God that you would forgive me of all my sins Lord I, I Lord I, there's things that I can't even remember Lord but I ask you that you'd forgive me Jesus that you'd walk me. Lord, if there be anything, any attitudes that aren't right, if there's anything in my life that's not pure, I pray that you'd forgive me. Lord, that you'd wash me, cleanse me, Lord, from all iniquity. Lord, we want to start over tonight. Lord, we thank you in advance, Lord, for what you're going to do. You're going to bring freedom. You're going to bring deliverance. You're going to bring healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for what you're about to do in our lives. I thank you, Lord. Lord, that we pray, Lord, you cleanse us, wash us, Lord, purify us in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Now just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone say, thank you, Jesus. Now we're going to pray the prayer of faith. And we're going to shake the gates of hell. And as the church, we're going to create an atmosphere that people can be set free. Because there's people that are hurting. There's people that are, that are needing a touch from God. But as we begin to pray, the Holy Ghost is going to come in and heal lives. He's going to come in and touch minds. He's going to come in and deliver. And it's just going to take just a few moments of the work of the Holy Ghost. Those of you who have never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, we're going to pray for you as well. And the Holy Ghost is going to fall over you. And you're going to, your tongue's going to begin to speak sounds that may sound a little weird. That's okay. Everyone in the Bible spoke in tongues in the book of Acts. They all, they all did it. We're just going to do it like in the Bible. So I want us now, I want us to all close our eyes so that we can focus on Jesus. I want us to lift our hands as a sign of surrender to Jesus and I now want us just to open our mouth and begin to worship because he inhabits the praises of his people and when I shout hallelujah I want you to shout hallelujah and begin to worship him and let freedom come let healing come let the Holy Ghost come right now by the power and the authority of the word of God and in the name of Jesus Lord I bind every sickness and disease Lord I bind everything that would come against our mind, every fear and every anxiety. We bind it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I loose the Holy Ghost to fall on every one of us right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! 
shout hallelujah that's it now begin to worship him hallelujah be free in the name of Jesus be free in the name of Jesus hallelujah